Welcome to the First United Methodist Church. We hope our sermon broadcast will bless you. I'm reading out of Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 20, and it has to do with salt and light and the law and the prophets, and, and you'll hear something about that when the message time comes. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste... How can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built up on a hill cannot be hid. People do not light a lamp and put it under the bushel basket. Rather, they put it on the lampstand and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So reads the lesson for the day. Thank you, Kurt. For most of her adult life, author Anne Rice was an atheist. She became famous as the author of a number of novels about vampires and stories about witches. But in 1998, after nearly 40 years of denying God, Anne Rice returned to the Catholic Church of her youth. She ultimately wrote two novels about Jesus and later wrote an autobiography that described her journey back to Christ, along with her decision to become a Christian. But then 12 years later, Rice announced she had quit being a Christian and was done with the church. However, she said, she wasn't leaving Christ, and that her faith in Jesus remained central to her life. What she was abandoning was the church, which she had come to see as quarrelsome, hostile, disputatious, and a deservedly infamous group. Quarrelsome, hostile, disputatious. Yes, unfortunately, the Christian church is sometimes like that. And I have no doubt Jesus weeps. We can understand why people would not want to join such a group. But the challenge for us is to focus on being the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Jesus says that when we act as salt and light, people will see our good works and give glory to our Father in heaven. The church is supposed to be attractive, not repulsive. When it is salty and bright, it is attractive. But what exactly does that mean? 
In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says to his followers, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? In this passage today, Jesus is speaking of salt as more than a flavor enhancer. He's implying that salt is a preservative. In the ancient world, long before refrigeration, salting was the primary method for preserving foods such as meat and fish and olives. Without salt, food went bad quickly. The same is true for any church that doesn't have salty members. When salt loses its preservative power, Jesus says that it is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. Did Anne Rice quit Christianity because it had lost its saltiness? No one can know that for sure. But novelist Michael Rowe believes that she fully intended to continue following Jesus even though she no longer considered herself a Christian. Rowe points to the words of Jesus in the Gospel of John, By this everyone will know you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Rowe says that the title Christian is meaningless in and of itself, especially especially if it doesn't include and demonstrate the very same love that Jesus shared throughout his ministry, even up to the moment of his crucifixion and death when he prayed, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. So before we check in or out of church or say something to someone in or beyond the church, perhaps we should first check in with Jesus which is particularly important for those self-proclaimed Christians who all too often have a tendency towards being unloving and uncaring towards others. To put it another way, they're completely absent of even a shred of the loving concern and compassion of Jesus, which was and still is to this day the whole purpose of Jesus' mission in this world. Christians are salty when they are loving. Not just loving toward family members and friends, but loving towards enemies, willing to pray for those who persecute them, loving toward people on the margins of society, as Jesus was towards the tax collectors, sinners, lepers, women and children of his day. Loving enough to forgive all of those who hurt him, not just seven times, but 77 times. In his novel, City of Peace, author Henry Brinton tells the fictional story of a Methodist pastor named Harley Camden, who lost his wife and daughter in a terrorist attack carried out by Islamic extremists. He spirals down in grief and anger until his bishop sends him to a new community. There he meets two neighbors named Yusuf and Sophia, They are Coptic Christians, immigrants from Egypt, and they invite Harley to dinner. As they're eating, Harley thanks them and says, think of how much better the world would be if people actually sat down and ate with each other. No doubt about it, agrees Yusuf. Back in Egypt, Christians and Muslims are getting together less and less which has caused the animosity and and violence to increase. 
Did you hear about the attack last December in Cairo? No, I missed that, Harley admitted. A suicide bomber attacked St. Mark's Coptic Orthodox Cathedral. More than two dozen worshipers were killed, including a 10-year-old girl. It was horrible, Sophia says, shaking her head. The worst attack on Copts in years. And the Islamic State claimed responsibility. How did the Copts respond, Harley asked. With increased security, of course, says Youssef, but also with prayer. Prayer for the victims and for their attackers. Harley was impressed that the Coptic community could respond with prayer for such evildoers. And then thinking back, he realized he had not said a single prayer for the terrorists who killed his wife and daughter. Yet he knew that Jesus commanded him and his followers to pray for the people who persecuted them. Yusuf and Sophia, along with the Coptic community, are examples of salty Christians. Without people like them, the powerful love of their church would do more bad probably than good. Because once people decide to give in to darkness by thinking it's okay to do nothing or worse, to take an eye for an eye attitude, the darkness it brings makes dialogue healing, reconciliation, and peacemaking nearly impossible for anyone other than Jesus himself, who, according to Matthew, said, we are the light of the world. Jesus then says, you are also the ones who bear the light of Christ into the world, a light that glows with humility and gentleness, patience and love, unity and peace. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under a bushel, Jesus says. There it will go out quickly. Instead, put it on a lampstand so that you can give light to your home, your congregation, your community, your world. In the same way, let your light shine before others, Jesus said, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Let your light shine before others. That is the command of Jesus to all of us who are doing our best in trying to follow him. When we allow our light to shine, we are like bright flashlights that guide campers through a dark forest at night. Flashlights that prevent them from tripping over things, hurting themselves, getting lost or becoming frightened. When we live as children of light, as the Apostle Paul encouraged the Christians in Ephesus to do, Then we discover the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. And so, yes, we let our light shine when we behave in these beneficial ways. However, the church has gotten into trouble as a church. We haven't been focusing on living as children of light We've looked around and seen darkness in the world. We've heard about the needs of so many, and we've become anti-this and anti-that, which all too often only makes matters worse. Like family members who will no longer talk to one another because they disagree on some silly theological issue then start cursing one another. But Jesus never said our job was to curse the darkness. 
What Jesus said was, we are to let our light so shine before others that they cannot help but see Jesus as the source of that light and become a light we all carry with us in our own lives. In so many ways, the church has failed in its mission of bringing more light, more hope, and more healing into the darkness of this world, all in order to point people towards Jesus, who is the light not just of this world, but of the entire cosmos. When Methodist missionary E. Stanley Jones first met Mahatma Gandhi, he asked him, Mr. Gandhi, though you quote the words of Christ often, why is it that you appear to so adamantly reject becoming his follower? And Gandhi replied, Oh, I don't reject your Christ. I love your Christ. It's just that so many of you Christians are so unlike your Christ. Now, why did Gandhi feel that way? Well, it had nothing to do with Jesus, the Christian faith, or theology, and everything to do with his very personal experience. When Gandhi was a young man practicing law in South Africa, he became attracted to the Christian faith. He studied the Bible and the teachings of Jesus and began to explore becoming a Christian. And so one day he decided to attend a church service. And as he came up the steps of the church, a white South African church elder barred his way and said, where do you think you're going? And Gandhi replied, I'd like to attend worship here. And the church elder snarled at him and said, there's no room for blacks in this church. Get out of here or I'll have my assistants throw you down the steps. From that moment on, Gandhi resolved to adopt what was good in Christianity, but never to become a Christian if it meant being part of a church. As Christians, our mission is to be as much like Christ as we can possibly be. And we do not do that by cursing the darkness or condemning others, but by bearing and sharing the light and love of Jesus in the darkest places of our world in order to comfort the grieving, offer compassion for the downtrodden, and hope for the future. There are so many people who are attracted to the light and love of Christ, who need his illumination if they're going to avoid getting lost, hurting other people, damaging themselves, knocking things over, or living in hopelessness and fear. We can help to guide them to the light of Christ, but first, our churches must be places of welcome instead of rejection. Love instead of hatred, grace instead of judgment, humility instead of arrogance, gentleness instead of violence, light instead of darkness. We are most like Christ when we are part of a salty church made up of people who are willing to love friends, strangers, even enemies. But again, without this kind of love, the church goes bad quickly. We are also Christ-like when we're part of a bright church, one that acts in ways that are good and right and true. A church that shares the light of Christ knows the truth of what was said by Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. 
Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. When we are salty and bright, the people around us will see our good works and give glory to God, Jesus said. They will observe that we are acting in ways that are gentle and loving rather than quarrelsome and hostile. And they may even see the powerful brightness of the light of Christ reflected in what we say and what we do, which should be a reminder to all of us that it's not about what we say that Jesus cares most. It's about what we do in his name. Who knows? As was the case with Gandhi, it may have been just one person who said or did something that was unkind or uncaring to Anne Rice that caused her to quit the church. But it seems, perhaps, that like Gandhi, she never lost sight of or gave up on the light and the saltiness of Jesus. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we hear your word today and are reminded how you call us to be light and love and salt and fragrance for the world. Help us, O God, when we begin to stray from doing those things on your behalf. Hold us accountable in our own hearts and lives to be the people you've called us to be. We pray this in the power and strength of your name. Amen.